go at your own pace, take your time, uh, critically evaluate yourself as well, see how you can improve, keep doing CPD, talk to other dentists, um, find a good mentor. Yeah. Those are, those are the things that I would recommend to um, improve your clinical skills and progress your career. Hello, and welcome to the CPD Junkie podcast. I'm Abadat Sidhu. I'm a fourth-year dental student studying at James Cook University. I'm also in the CPD Junkie marketing department, and I'm very excited to be hosting the Tips and Tick tricks segment of this podcast. We've got heaps of talented guests coming on this season, so make sure you stay tuned. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome our first guest, Dr. Anna Nguyen. She's a cosmetic dentist working at Dental Boutique in Melbourne. So Dr. Anna, could you please let us know a bit more about yourself and your journey in cosmetic dentistry? Hi, everyone. So my name is Dr. Anna Nguyen. I work at Dental Boutique in Deep Dean Bowen in Victoria. I started my journey in cosmetic dentistry about seven years ago. Um, I would have been second year out of uni in that year level. And when I joined Dental Boutique, at the time, Dental Boutique um, was a small clinic, four-chair clinic. Um, and I was just applying for jobs and um, I, I got the job and I, I didn't, I honestly didn't realize that it was a cosmetic clinic until I joined. And then ever since I joined Dental Boutique, it transformed my career. So um, now I've been doing um, all things in cosmetic dentistry for about seven years. So I've been doing porcelain veneers. I've been doing composite bonding. I've been doing um, full mouth rehabilitation. Um, and now I'm dabbling more into implant dentistry as well in the last couple of years too. Um, so yeah, it's been a really good journey. Yeah, that's wonderful to hear. You've definitely reached a lot of success in the few years that you've been in this industry. So that's very inspiring. Um, so you produce a lot of stunning smile transformations as well. Are there any CPD courses that you kind of took that helped you reach that level? Um, I think when it comes to CPD courses, you have to attend quite a lot if you want to be able to do that sort of complex work. Um, I was very lucky to be mentored by Dr. Ruben Sim when I joined Dental Boutique, and I learned the majority of my cosmetic dentistry from Dental Boutique. Oh, wow. um, so, uh, I think we did, I think the best way to learn is to actually do cases. So I think we did something like 100 cases together myself and Dr. Ruben Sim before I totally then ventured out on my own and was independent. So um, that's how I learned cosmetic dentistry. Um, the new uh, dentists coming on board to Dental Boutique nowadays are also trained, trained in a similar way too. Um, so uh, at Dental Boutique, there's a there's a, a couple of things that we do in a certain way and it really helps to maximize the chances of success for uh, the patient and the aesthetic outcome. Um, now, in terms of CPD in particular, um, I would highly recommend, I, I've recently done this course. It's called GUIDE, G-I-D-E. So um, GUIDE is a very comprehensive course. It's mainly on implant dentistry, but it has a cosmetic component to it as well. So if you're looking for something that um, kind of touches bases on all different things, like you've got implants, you've got uh, prosthodontics, you've got aesthetics, things like that, I would highly recommend Guide. Um, it's three modules in Sydney, one module in Los Angeles, um, and you can get a lot out of it. And their online portal has so many videos on anything that you want 
within that field. So uh, if you're interested in uh, expanding your work to include that type of work, I think that's a really good place to start as well. Um, see what else. What other CPD would I recommend? Um, cosmetics, orthodontics is also a part of cosmetic dentistry as well. So uh, I would also say to do a um, ortho course such as um, uh, the one by Jeff Jeffrey Hall. Uh, that one's really good as well. Um, and then there's, I think his course is called Ortho Ed. Yeah. Uh, and then I personally did progressive orthodontic seminars. So that really helps because ortho um, really has a significant component in cosmetic dentistry. So uh, obviously when patients come in, they're going to be asking, how can I make my smile more beautiful? And then yeah. you've got to know the different modalities to be able to guide them in the, in the right direction as well. So um, I think um, honestly, just touching bases on all aspects of dentistry um, is really going to help you to be able to get more experience in the cosmetic field. So yeah. I think in terms of like really big courses that you can get a lot of information out of, I would probably recommend those ones. Okay. Thank you for the recommendations. That's very good. I just have a quick follow-up question. So you mentioned that um, you had a mentor at the practice you're working at. Um, and then, so you said you did about a hundred cases together. So what do you mean? Could you let us know a bit more about what it means to be working together? Is it just kind of you're doing the work and he's just kind of there. So you have some support or kind of what that looked like for you? Yeah. So um, when I joined Dental Boutique, I was only in my second year out. So very fresh new grad. Um, when we first started doing cases together, I would watch more. And then as I watch, I learn more. And as I learn more, I did more. So as we progressed, um, you know, we did it over the course of a year, 100 cases. As we progressed throughout that period of time, I was doing more and more and becoming more and more independent. Yeah. So like we started off, I only would do preps. I wouldn't do insert yet, but I would wow. do any part of the prep. And then as I got better at the prep, I would then do the impression. And then, yeah. you know, I would get the impression checked. And then yeah. like, you know, and then I would be able to do the temporary and I would clean up the temporary and and things like that. So it was like a, like I would slowly get into it and yeah. I learned more than I could do more. So, um, you know, by the end of it, I was doing everything pretty much. Um, and then of course, like um, Dr. Ruben Sim would look over the case and the work and everything like that. But um, yeah, that's how I I got more hands-on experience. So I, I really think that um, if, if you want to pursue a career in, in cosmetics with a focus in cosmetics, um, having that uh, mentor is so important. Like yeah. you probably hear it all the time. Uh, it's so important to find a mentor after you graduate. Um, I could probably say that um, the mentor you have will really significantly shape who you are as a clinician. Um, so I was very lucky to have Ruben as my mentor. Um, and yeah, that was my journey. Yeah, that's, yeah, definitely very good luck to have such a great mentor that's spending so much time with you as well. Yeah. Um, so would you say, because you did say how it kind of shaped you and you were just a few years out. So would you say you were still interested in cosmetic dentistry before or was it just you kind of applied? Because you said you didn't know it was like mainly a cosmetic dentist clinic, right? Yeah. Well, I feel like, Back when I graduated, no one really spoke about cosmetic dentistry as much. Like, yeah. I remember, you know, being in, in my year level, like no one would be like, oh, I want to do cosmetic dentistry. Like no one would say it. So I think back then 
Um, like obviously veneers have always existed for, you know, the whole lifespan that they have, but it was never, I feel like now, um, you know, for example, yourself, like you're very aware of these things. Whereas yeah. when I was doing my training, it, it wasn't, I think I had like one lecture slide on veneers throughout my whole course. Like we, we oh. did orthodontic <laughs> training, we did crowns and things like that, but at least at La Trobe, there wasn't a huge uh, focus on it. It was just like more general dentistry. So, so yeah, like when I applied, it was, it was literally just random. It wasn't like, I just looked at the clinic and I thought, oh, you know, this looks like a nice <laughs> clinic, you know, um, four-check clinic, Bowen. Oh yeah. That's kind of like close to where I live. I'll just give it a shot. And then, um, and then, yeah, uh, I remember Ruben saying to me, Hey, Anna, you got the job. Congratulations we're going to do veneers. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, that's so amazing. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, it was honestly like, when I think back, it was such a, an amazing journey. Like it was very tough. Don't get yeah. me wrong. It was so tough. And it challenged me in ways that, you know, was really pushing my boundaries, but like, I don't regret any of it. it I learned so much over the years. It was amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. And yeah, you're doing amazing work now, changing people's lives. So it's Thank great you. that you went this path. Oh, absolutely. It just it just um gives you a lot of job satisfaction to be able to do something that that impacts patients so much. And I've had so many patients over the years thank me, um, saying that I've given them confidence to smile again and how they've gotten so many compliments and they're so glad that they did the treatment. It's very, very rewarding. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm really grateful to be able to be doing this right now. Yeah. That's great. And you also mentioned that the guide course you did, there was also a segment in Los Angeles. So yes. are there any other courses that you've kind of done internationally that you would recommend as well? Or, uh, yes. Um, so I, I think in terms of implants to get into implants, it goes back to what I said before, there's, there's nothing that will teach you more than actually doing it. Because you can sit there and look at lecture slides, but it's it's not the same as actually performing yeah. the procedure. So um, I highly recommend, um, I did the MIS um, hands-on course in Guatemala. Okay. So um, you basically go to Guatemala for a week. MIS is the implant company. Um, and then uh, I think over the course of a couple of days, like three or four days, um, you are allocated 20 implants per dentist. So wow. you can actually place implants. So the first um, one to two days is theory, and then you get just get straight into the practical. Um, I really highly recommend that if you want to get started in implants, uh, because the theory itself can be very overwhelming, uh, especially if you haven't done an implant before, but to actually get started and actually do the procedure. Then when you do the complex theory stuff, like you would through guide, you, you just understand the context so much more. Mm -hmm. um, so I would, I would recommend that as well. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for the recommendation. And so you've mentioned you started getting into implants. Is there anything else you're kind of looking to advance your skills in and any upcoming CPD you're interested in? Yes. So um, a CPD course that I'm attending soon is um, the Pedro Rodriguez All On Four course in um, Brazil this year. Um, so I'm really excited for that. Um, All On Implants is an amazing procedure. Like I can't believe someone thought of it and invented it. It's 
you know, and having done a, a couple of arches myself, just it's it's very challenging. It's it's tricky work, but it's so rewarding. Um, so I've been enjoying that a lot lately. So I decided to um, go to do the hands-on course in Brazil. So that's coming up. Um, as for future ones, um, none none yet planned for the year. None yet planned. Yeah. But um, I, I still um, go on the guide portal. So the good thing about guide is you get access to this portal and there's like thousands of videos. I don't know if it's thousands or hundreds, but there's lots. And each video is like an hour long. So oh, like, so like you, you can, there. yeah, you can literally learn so much. So, um, you know, if I feel like, um, you know, I have a bit of spare time and I want to dedicate a bit of time to study then I'll actually log into the guide portal and play some videos as well I know some of my colleagues are doing some composite veneer courses as well um, that show you like different laying techniques and and things like that which is pretty cool too I haven't done that one myself but I always hear you know um, my friends talk about that too um yeah but I, I think I think in terms of CPD there's like you can get a lot of like mini CPDs as well um one that I did when I was first out like this would have been you know um at least five years ago I did the Terry Wong composite course okay. I really enjoyed that that's like a really um good introductory course for um doing composite work or composite veneers <laughs> or sort of anterior build-ups things like that. Um, and I also, um, as part of Dental Boutique, we do have internal CPD as well. So I attended um, Dr. Sam Coe's composite uh, course as well because um, we offer, you know, composite veneers for patients coming yeah. in, like, you know, four, six or eight or whatever number it is. Mm -hmm. So it goes over quite a number of useful tips there too. I also ask my friends who I work with as well. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, not not just at dental boutique, but like outside of dental boutique too. We always kind of like share, you know, different like tips and tricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just, uh, I think in terms of learning for for me, it's a bit of everything. It's like CPD, it's like mentors, it's like friends, it's um, yeah, even online as well. You can like search things up and and find like even Instagram. Like you know, I I follow uh you know, some cosmetic dentists like who are quite well known, like Dr. Appa and Dr. Duval, like I look at their work mm -hmm. as well. And I, 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 because I know enough about, you know, cosmetic dentistry and how veneers are made and things like that, I can look at it and be like, oh yeah, <laughs> like, I think I should like implement that tip next time, yeah. you know? So that's, that's how I um try to uh, improve my knowledge. Yeah. That's really good that you're kind of looking to learn in every avenue in life as well. Yes. So um, next question is a major part of like cosmetic work is of course, like selling your treatment plan. And that involves like showcasing your work. Um, so do you have any tips for people on how to elevate their photography skills and any gadgets you recommend? Um, so for me, I have a DSLR camera mm -hmm. and I have twin flash. Okay. Um, so if you do the ring, it's sometimes a little bit harsh. So you need the twin because the light diffuses a little bit better. Um, I take photos of everything. Like I take photos of before I take like a full, um, you know, complete uh, ortho set of photos, like the intra oral, the extra oral, smiling, closed. I do like extra photos as well, where they're like smiling on the side, um, things like that. Um, 
let's see what else. Um, but in terms of like my actual dental photography, my setup is not that advanced. It's just got a flat, like a twin flash on it. And that's it. And I, I use a Nikon camera. Um, I find the colors really nice and it's pretty reliable as well. Um, one of my patients is um, working at part of Ted's camera. So I usually just get all my stuff through him and I just ask him, oh, like, what do you think I should, I should buy as well? Yeah. I know like, there's a lot of other courses out there that um, will actually advise you on the equipment of what to buy. And it can get very like technical, yeah. um, but like I, Tech, the the technical side is not like my forte so I just have a basic setup yeah um, yeah but also if it ain't yeah. working we'll fix it <laughs> yeah yeah um but in terms of like the actual patient before and afters at work we have like a professional studio setup with like four big lights and like a white backdrop and you know like and, and I know how to use that so I'll always I always take photos of that as well so that you know, you can document the journey, the patient can see how their child's uh, smile transformation has been. And then you can, you know, with the consent of the patient, if they agree, you can actually use that material to then, as you said, showcase to your other patients your work. Um, I personally like to have a, a case uh, study for every situation that's out there. So I, I have, for example, um, somebody with worn down teeth, I will have a porcelain veneer case that I did for another patient who has a very similar clinical presentation as them. And I'll show them that specific case. I have a case for someone who wants um, like a really white Hollywood smile. I have a case for that. I have a case for, you know, people who have redone their work overseas. Um, so then I will show them, okay, this is how I will like fix your smile. Um, this is what you can expect with the prep. Um, this is what you can expect with the result. I have cases where it's just gum lifting only, cases of ortho, cases of, um, you know, doing ortho and veneers together. So there's like so many different combinations over the years. Mm -hmm. And like whoever is walking through the door, I have to have a case to show them. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, when you're starting off, of course, um, you won't have this portfolio as much. So you just got to build it up. But if you have good uh, photography, then you can actually show the journey of each each of these patients. Seeing is believing. Patients yeah. can only say so much, but then patients like they, they can just get lost in the jargon and all the, you know, concepts. So it's just easier to show some, some pictures. Um, I do think that um, when it comes to getting the case, getting the case is actually harder than doing the case. So um, you're doing the consultation is like a, is a whole art in itself as well. Yeah. Um, so when I started at Dental Boutique, I just focused on actually doing the work first. And then afterwards, I did consultation training. So um, okay. the consult is like a whole new, a whole different uh, beast in its own as well. Yeah, definitely. It's almost like business, especially because these things aren't like covered by Medicare. So you really have to sell it to the patient, the treatment plan. Yes, it is not easy to get a patient to commit to a treatment plan because if you're looking at doing veneers, your treatment plan could be like 15,000, 20,000, 25,000, 40,000, 60,000 if you're looking at, you know, uh, all on implants as a treatment. So it's really important that you have good communication skills. So you give the patient the confidence to then um, be like, okay, I want to do a treatment with you. And then, um, yeah, it's it's very tricky. It's very tricky. It was actually one of the trickiest things that I thought 
that I had to learn like yeah. more tricky than doing the actual work for sure okay so you mentioned that you have like a portfolio that you show patients so do you have like a physical photography book that you show them or do you have something online that you email them or do you kind of walk them through it could you let us know how you're showcasing this to your patients um I just have the computer and I just show them on the screen so at work um when I do my consultations I actually sit by um the patient's side and we look at the computer and I actually will you know I'll show them their x-rays I'll show them their photos and I'll also show them um the cases as well so I'll actually just open it up on the computer and show them okay that's nice yeah. Thank mm -hmm. you. And another part of obviously cosmetic transformations is making functional and beautiful temporaries. So yeah. do you have any tips for people on how they can improve making temps? Um, yes. So uh, temps, you need a good wax up, first of all. Um, you need a good technician who can make that wax up. And you also need to guide the technician on how to make the wax up. That's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is that you need to have prepped enough on the teeth so that you have even thickness uh, throughout your veneers. Mm -hmm. um, I find that a major mistake that people make is they don't prep enough. So they have this wax up, but they don't understand what to do with it. So what you do with the wax up is exactly what you would do in dental school. Um, I don't know if you've had your fixed pros training yet, but yeah. when I did mine in dental school, they made us make putties. Mm -hmm. And then using that putty, you would then use that as a reduction guide. And yeah. then you would actually prep to then see if you prepped enough. Mm -hmm. So it's the same concept with veneers as well. You would get a reduction guide made from um, the wax up that you designed. Yeah. And then you would have to make sure that you prepped in the correct spaces because you don't want to over prep. Because mm -hmm. over prepping can lead to you know, too much thickness of material in that area. It can lead to obviously compromise of the pulp as well. You don't want that. Um, but then if you under prep, that's how you end up getting huge veneers and no one wants that either. So um, actually having a good prep is really important to having the temporaries turn out nice. Um, the next thing that will make the temporaries turn out nice is you need to uh, give respect to the soft tissue soft tissue meaning the gums so um when you put your temporaries on using your putty you have to make sure that you're protecting the gums with maybe a little bit of floss or maybe like a rolled piece of teflon because what will happen is that if you don't do that your temporaries are going to press into the gum it's going to shrink it and then you're going to have black triangles yeah. um which is not ideal so if you know this method it will help you greatly in that area um, and then uh, to then make the temporary look nice is you have to make sure that you pour the pro temp evenly into the stent. Um, I personally, after I dispense it, I get a like just any sort of like probe or something and I actually swirl it inside the um, putty where the temp is to get rid of any air bubbles. And okay. I put it on nice and firmly onto the teeth and I hold it in place until it's set properly. Um, I think what some people do is that they maybe not might not put the stent on all the way. So they might like put it on like halfway and then like obviously the stent's going to set in the wrong spot. Or yeah. like maybe they put it in all the way, but then they like let go and they go off and, you know, do their notes or something. But then the stent moves as it's setting. 
And then yeah. when you take it off, it's all wonky as well. So you actually have to like sit there and make sure it sets properly. Mm-hmm. And then once it's set, you have to clean it up properly as well. Um, everything thereafter is like a matter of practice in terms of like your craft, like making it look pretty, making it look neat. I like to use a flame burr to clean up the excess. I really make sure that I'm cleaning the excess, particularly at the papilla. So you get that soft tissue preservation um, instead of the pro temp pressing into the soft tissue and causing black triangles. Um, and I think a key as well is just to look very carefully. If, if you've got a rough spot, smooth it out. Like if you've got some excess, polish it down. Like if you sit the patient up after, and let's just say all your work is clean, but then suddenly you realize like, oh, maybe like I need to like shorten this incisal edge, or maybe I need to like, um, add a bit of composite here to like, even the smile out, like maybe they have a can or something like that. Then, then you do that. A lot of it is just like taking care to pay attention to the details. Yeah. And then that comes with time as well. Cause when you first start, like you can't see it. It's only after, you know, so many cases that you start to see it because your eyes train for it. So, um, those are all my tips to getting nice temps. Those were great. I will definitely keep those in mind. Thank you for sharing. So next up, I just want to ask, do you have any favorite materials that you'd recommend to listeners, whether it's like a specific composite that you like using or anything like that? Ooh, um, composite. Hmm. I think in terms of composite, I mean, there are some, a lot of different brands out there. Uh, I think Filtech has a really nice shade range um, that is easy to use. Um, and there's, there's some other ones as well that are really lovely that I've used over the years. Microfill is quite nice. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, we use, uh, Kerr Harmonize a lot at the clinic as well. I find that really nice for edge bonding. Um, yeah, every, every composite has like a different, a different feel and touch to it. It's like, it's like, um, it's like when you go to Mecca and you're trying to find a lipstick, There's so many <laughs> brands, you know, so, so um, that you, your go-to that you definitely need to have in the clinic for yourself or you're okay with a few different ones. Look, I'm okay with a few different ones. I think, um, you know, the, the majority of composites are going to be nice. It's just like, you know, like the lips, lip products, the majority of them are going to be nice, but it's just like, oh, like what you do with it. Like, is it the right color? Well, first of all, you've got to shade match it. So you're making sure you're using the right color for the patient, but it's like what you do with it um, more than anything, like the shaping, are you layering it or are you doing like one color? Like, what are you trying to achieve? I think that's more important than um, what brand you're using. I would, I would probably say um, to the new grad, um, just use the composite that your practice already has and like try to make the most out of it. Yeah. Sounds yeah, good. I think um I think with composite nice work, um the the biggest impact is the shaping. You know yeah. you can like layer it. You can do all these like stains and things like that, which look really amazing. Um, but you know it can be very tricky as well, and it can be difficult with time as well because it takes a lot of time too. So if you're just looking to get started and you're you're not sure where to start, I would probably recommend just focusing mainly on the shape first. So, you know, obviously getting it on, getting it properly adapted, getting the margins correct, no air bubbles, like all the basic stuff in restorative, but then just focusing on the shape. I think, I think just having the, the correct shape alone um, will make your work look amazing. 
And then, and then you can go, okay, now that I have master shape, I want to do like mammalons or I want to do like, you know, the halo effect. I want to do, yeah. So you can go from there. Personally with me, I tend to use one shade. I will sometimes use two, but mm -hmm. I, I use one because I feel like um, just within my hands and, and at least for my patients, they are usually happy with that one or two shade. Um, and they're mainly focused on the shape. That's, that's from my experience. Okay. That's interesting. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, so next I want to hear about a case that is memorable for you and what lessons you might've learned from it. Is there anyone that comes to mind? Um, I think, I think every case you do, you'll learn something. I think, um, you know, as you do more, there'll be less and less that surprises you. But even now, like after doing this for several years, there's still ca some cases that surprise me. Um, oh, a memorable case. There's so many. Um, I think the memorable cases are the ones that you make mistakes in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because like, if it's all going smooth, and you know, you're like, oh, yeah, this is great. But like, the ones that, you know, I guess you you don't forget other ones where you enter complications mm -hmm. and um, complications are a part of dentistry. Of course, we do everything we can to avoid those complications. Um, but at the end of the day, it's the human body. Nothing is 100 percent and you will face complications and trying to figure out those complications are for me the ones that um, are most memorable. Um in terms of a specific case, mm, putting it on the spot here. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I can think of one recently that I did was quite memorable. So um, I did a full mouth rehab recently involving all the teeth, but um, it was very memorable because it was very multifaceted. So um, it kind of drew on all the knowledge that I had gained over all the years uh, in every aspect of dentistry, like prosthodontics, implant dentistry, you know, those, those are the cases that are very memorable to me. So um, this patient had a, a history of eating disorder. So um, had a lot of, a lot of acid wear on the palatal of her teeth, like to the point where if you're looking at the premolar, the palatal cusp was gone and oh, wow. you could actually see the outline of the pulp. Um, and the molars were like that too. The incisors were like that. Um, one of her teeth had decoronated. Um, she had some existing crown and bridge work. Her bite was deep. Um, lower teeth were crowded. Um, yeah, just, just a lot going on. Um, I haven't even uh, uh, inserted her case yet. It's still like in progress right now, but I did the prep the other day. Mm -hmm. uh, it took me the whole day. I think that's one reason why it was memorable. It was like a whole day case. <laughs> Prepping from 8.30 till 5.30. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it was, it was really, a really, really interesting case. So um, I... I work together with another clinician that works at our practice. His name's uh, Dr. Andrew Cheng. So his uh, main interest is in implants. Um, so I mentioned to you a tooth had decoronated. So um, uh, I said to him, like, let's let's plan to um, maybe do an immediate implant. Uh, this mm -hmm. is when it, 
it got exciting because I was kind of drawing on all the knowledge that I learned from guide. Um, but basically how an immediate implant works is that you take the root out and you put the implant on in the same day. And there's like oh. two ways you can do it. You can do it by taking the whole root out or you can do something called partial extraction therapy, which is where you actually leave a part of the root, just the buccal portion. And it actually helps to preserve the contour of the alveolar bone or the alveolar profile for that area. Oh, so okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. So, um, yeah, we place the implant. Uh, we let it heal first. She had a temporary, um, I did a wax up. I brought her back. I opened her bite cause her bite's really deep. Mm -hmm. And, um, when there's deep bite, you, you're running out of restorative space as well. So, um, so I opened it up. Um, I thought about her TMJ. I, I said to her, look, we're going to open up your bite, see how you go. If it's comfortable, we can we can go ahead quite confidently and make it permanent. Mm -hmm. I left her in uh, temporaries over Christmas. Uh, I reviewed her. She came back. She's like, yep, yeah, my jaw feels amazing still. I'm loving the temporaries. I was like, great, let's do the prep. I did the prep, 8.30 till 5. Um, we, we had to crown prep everything. Uh, because uh, the the palatal cusp, as I mentioned, was completely gone. I removed her old crown work. Um, I think one of the trickiest cases in a rehab is you have to preserve the bite and make sure that you you capture the bite very accurately. Uh, if it's not, the ceramic will come back all wonky and you have to do everything again. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I think um, this case was also memorable because I'm transitioning more and more to digital now. Okay. Um, uh, obviously analog has always been around, um, and is, you know, well used and things like that, but I really feel like digital is making things a lot easier for us nowadays. And, um, the technology is only getting better and better. So I opted to do this case completely digital as well. Um, uh, I took the implant impression. I, after I prepped everything, I took an impression of that as well. I put her in temporaries. Um, yeah. So um, I guess this case is memorable because like it was drawing on knowledge that I had just learned, which is always exciting. So I think if you do CPD, you should try and implement it straight away. Otherwise you just forget it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was also interesting because I've never seen a case of um, acid erosion that was this severe before. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I'm really excited to finish the case. Yeah. yeah. Therapy too. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like, uh, I find the more you learn about different aspects of dentistry, um, the more everything makes sense, and the more you realize things intertwine. Mm -hmm. And, and really, it really helps you to treatment plan properly and give the patient something very comprehensive as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I really enjoy like learning more I mean it's tiring with like full-time work and everything and all your yeah. life commitments as well but it's really like satisfying when you actually like get it and then yeah. you implement it and then you see the result happening in front of you um yeah that's probably one of the most recent uh, memorable cases for me wow thank you for sharing that with us I think it's definitely something that's really good about dentistry is that because there's always this like new technology and new things that you can learn that it keeps it exciting yes. and of course this is going to be such an amazing transformation for her so that's very exciting 
Yeah. Um, so next is going to be our tip of the week segment. So I'm just going to ask you to share a simple tip that you think kind of would help people with their practice or just their lives over well, overall, sorry. Ah, uh, yes. Um, so I think uh, an important thing is uh, to regularly look back at your work uh, and uh, have a good think about it. So, um, you know, for example, the other day I looked back at my work that I did when I first joined Dental Boutique. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, <laughs> my God, I would do this differently. I would do that differently. How could I not see that? Like, you know, I, I think that sort of... Um, uh, Frequent uh, process of self-evaluation is very important. Um, but I also think, you know, um, not being too harsh on yourself is important as well. Um, as long as you're trying your best, no one can ask anything more of you really. Um, but if you always go back and you go, oh, maybe I would have like done that differently next time. It just really helps to um, improve your skill level very rapidly as well. Um, if you can take a moment to to look back at your work and, and be like, oh, I could like do this better. Or, oh, I know that I can see this now. Like the next time I see this situation again, I will approach it like this. Yeah. Um, so that would be like, I guess, one of my top tips Yeah. Uh, to improving your dentistry. Yeah. Just to, to look regularly and see how yeah. you can improve. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like it's, it's just about like doing your best and paying attention to the details as well. Like just looking closely, uh, don't rush. I, I, I personally like to take my time to do things. I mean, it's nice to be fast, um, but if you're going to be fast, it has to be accurate as well. So you know, if you're first graduating and, and you need, you know, an hour to do a filling, then so be it. Um, you know, uh, just go at your own pace, take your time, uh, critically evaluate yourself as well, see how you can improve, keep doing CPD, talk to other dentists, um, find a good mentor. Yeah. Those are, those are the things that I would recommend to um, improve your clinical skills and progress your career. Beautiful. Thank you so much for that. So just before we finish off, is there anything else you'd like to share with us? What's going on in your life? Any events or any highlights you'd like to share? Uh, I think, um, you know, dentistry obviously takes up a large portion of my life, but I, I really do like to enjoy things out of dentistry as well. Um, so, uh, so I would, um, I would say one of the things that's really exciting soon is my husband and I are building a house so he's oh, wow. gonna, yeah he's gonna build it himself uh, I can't wait he said he's gonna put heated floorboards throughout the whole thing so I was really excited. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, awesome. yeah I um I joined a Pilates class Pilates class this morning so I'm going to my first class tomorrow um yeah <laughs> so unrelated to dentistry but like I I think it's just so important too to have in your life so that's really good yeah it's really important because you don't want to always be thinking about teeth either because that's mm -hmm. exhausting and you don't want to burn yourself out, out either so I think it's really important to you know outside of dentistry to take care of yourself don't overwork yourself listen to your body if your back hurts get a massage go see the physio um you know eat healthy sleep enough Mm -hmm. exercise do things that you like have hobbies mm -hmm. um yeah like 
honestly, outside of dentistry, I just love to like come home and like watch TV with my dog. Like it's just such a, such a nice relaxing thing to do at the end of the day. Dentistry is so stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure, you know, everyone could agree with me on, on that as well. Like even, I, I even look back to when I was a student, I thought that was stressful, but working is like so much more. So it's, yeah. Hey, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, but I, I feel like when I was um, in your position, I, I really underestimated how stressful it would be. So I, I think the self-care is really important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to do things that you love, do things you enjoy. Like if you want to go on a holiday, go do it. If you, if you want to go to that restaurant, go, if you want to meet up with friends, you know, just anything that you like to do, hiking, you know, drawing, painting, you know, anything. I think it's really important as well. Um, so that you can keep going. Cause, um, yeah, some, some days in dentistry, it can be very stressful Mm -hmm. and you just need to, um, you know, have something else to look forward to as well. Um, so that you can be mentally strong to keep going. Um, yeah, so that's just um, my thoughts on on that <laughs> that matter. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure speaking to you, and I'm sure our listeners learned a lot from you today. Uh, could you please let them know where they can find you and more information about your work or anything like that? Yeah, sure. So um, you can find information um, on um, my bio on the Dental Boutique website um, for Dr. Anna Nguyen. Um, my Instagram is also Dr. Anna Nguyen, so you can find uh, pictures of my work there. If you have a question, you can message me. Um, and yeah, that's how you can contact me. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on the CPD Junkie podcast. And so uh, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with others who can benefit from this podcast. And make sure to check out www.cpdjunkie.com.au for the most comprehensive CPD directory where you can find your next course based on dates, location, and disciplines for completely free. And thank you again for tuning in. Thank you for having me. Thank you.